China is importing lower grade silver now than they did a year ago because they're running out of the easy stuff. The cream is gone. You know, they're going for uh, the, the harder stuff to get. Good afternoon, I'm Vince Lancey. This is the Arcadia Economics Silver Fix. We're recording this at 10.15 a.m. Monday morning for airing at 1 p.m. Let's get to it. Hey, this week I want to do something a little different. Uh, not very different, but over the weekend, there were several items that were related to precious metals and some of them very specifically to silver and mining uh, that, that uh, came up. And so instead of putting together my whole week-long big post, I put out six or seven posts that were all directly or indirectly related to precious metals and silver as well, you know, specifically. Um, so, and, you know, I'm I'm coming in here today and I'm saying, what, what am I going to talk about? Because I emptied it all out on Sunday. So why don't I just share that with you, right? Most of these are behind a paywall. I'm going to show them all to you and go over them uh, in hopefully in concise order. So what you have is we're going to talk about very quickly, right? These are news items that affect our markets. Japan ends YCC implication. Bullion benefits from post-policy panic in early 2024. Number three, Deutsche Bank gives the end of the month. Uh, showing that gold and silver were over everything else last month. Uh, UBS believes that the dollar is going to weaken. How do BRICS changes affect mining stocks? Very significant. Uh, BRICS commodity costs. Panama restricts access to copper. Very significant example of number five. And number seven is a little bit more bigger picture um, about G7 leaders and what's happening to Western economies. That may not be something for silver uh, per se, but it's something if we have time to, we'll get. Before we do, and we'll talk about the market as well. Before we do that, I wanna I want to give you an update on silver inventory. This is from Bai Xiaojun. Um, SGE just released its weekly report. The physical settlement of silver reached 776.61 tons with a delivery ratio of 26.45, which is 9% higher than the annual average delivery ratio. 26% of their metal goes in and goes out. See, we're not talking about stock anymore. We're talking about flow. It goes in, it goes out, it goes in, it goes out. All these vaults, all these exchanges, they're toll booths now. That's because there's no more silver laying around to just, to just use. You have to look for it. You have to work for it. And in fact, China is importing lower grade silver now than they did a year ago because they're running out of the easy stuff. The cream is gone. You know, they're going for uh, the, the harder stuff to get. Okay, silver inventory has once again flowed out of 43 spot 365 kilograms, hitting a new low since 2020. I'll show you a couple pictures there, right? This week's delivery, this week's volume, delivery ratio this week, 75.31. Think about that, 75% of the metal that went in, went out on gold, okay? 26% of the metal that went in, went out on silver. Now this changes, next week it'll be zero for gold and it could be 50 for uh, silver. But th the point is, th the point is, you don't see these kind of numbers coming out of the COMEX. And when you do, it always goes into China. Anyway, so cumulative de delivery ratio, 17% for silver, right? And, um, 71%. So that's that's pretty high. The gold, look at the gold vault. 
that's that's the gold's being taken delivery of. That's all the gold, right? And it's it's higher for silver as well. Anyway, next picture. SGE Vault's weekly report. So the change is down 43,365. So thank you, bye. And let's move on to the next thing. So what I've done is I've taken the stories that I put up, which are all very brief hits, uh, but they're very important, I think, when you're trying to uh, look at the tapestry that is silver. And uh, let's go through them. Let's start with uh, Michael Hartnett. So in this one here, Michael Hartnett is one of the most respected uh, we're not going to watch the video. One of the most respected uh, macro analysts on the street. And he believes in 2024, in the first quarter, the Fed will almost definitely ease. He's actually calling it a policy panic. And when that happens, I'm quoting him now. When that happens, you want to own bonds. You want to own breadth, meaning broader stock market. And you want to own bullion. And he's going to say bullion. He's not going to say gold because he means gold and silver. And he's the best analyst macro-wise on the street right now. And he's been that way for like the last 10 years. Other people will do what he says. That's that one. Deutsche Bank put out their performance review. All right, so here's the total return performance of major global financial assets in October in local currency. Local currency for us is dollars, right? So gold, well and first. Silver, which let's face it, really has lagged behind gold. This month, right? And it's number two in the world. Think about that. That's, you know, that's not a bad number two. So gold gets the gold, silver gets the silver. All the way down here, you've got oil um, uh, getting killed. You've got stocks in the middle somewhere. And there you have it. Here's the same thing in US dollars. That moves silver to third. But what you're looking at is when you look in US dollars versus uh, local currency, you're looking at... Uh, the inflationary effect. That's why Russia is a little bit higher. They've got their own problems. And here's gold uh, year to date in local currency. Um, and there's silver down there. See that? See that's very. That's a that's a rough year, right? Right. That's rough for silver compared to um, um, other markets. And that that shows you that right now that right now the demand is safe haven. Right now the demand is. Uh, um, recession hedge, right? We're going to have our way uh, very soon. I'll explain that in a second. Uh, so that was Deutsche Bank's report. Founders, uh, UBS says as bonds rally, the dollar will drop. Okay, we're all probably familiar by now with what happened the last two months. Uh, the bond market got slammed and uh, the bond market got slammed and what you saw was you saw uh, the gold market, silver market, the dollar went up. Then the war started and people bought gold. They bought a little silver, but they mostly bought gold, right? And the bond market turned around. This is what's going to happen according to UBS. If the bond buying continues, then the people who buy bonds will sell dollars. So it's like, I have dollars, I buy a bond. It's like, you're getting out of dollars. You're getting the security, getting the asset. And if the dollar goes down, that's going to add more fuel to the fire with gold and silver, even more in silver than gold this time. And I'll explain why in a second. Actually, let me explain that now before we move on to the, uh, the mining stocks. The whole constellation of markets, the whole spectrum 
is behaving like we're going to be in a recession. Now, I'm telling you what's going on, and this is what's going on, as long as there's no new item, no new war, no new peace, no new exogenous driver. Uh, the economies of the world are close to recession. The U.S. market is taking that as a cue that not only will the Fed stop hiking, which they pretty much have done, uh, but they'll start easing very soon, as Hartnett said. When that happens next year, stocks will rally, of course. Bonds will rally, not of course, but okay. And precious metals will rally. Why? Because everybody short silver as an economic hedge against war gold. Silver is going to scream when they lower rates next year. I don't know when they're going to do it, but I'm telling you, the market is set up for that. Everyone is like, buy gold. It's the end of the world. And the other guys are going, well, let's sell some silver because the economy stinks. And then when the economy turns around, I'd be like, uh, buy silver, buy gold, buy silver more, buy gold. Buy this is going to happen. It happens every year. Uh, moving on. So that's what's going on. That's 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 Hartnet. That's UBS. That's all these stories run into one story. Let's talk about this. I'm going to almost read this verbatim because, you know, this is all, all my writing. Who may be concerned about, all right, here's, here's a comment for mining stock brothers and sisters. And this is mostly about silver. That's not mostly about gold, okay? People who are concerned about overseas risk related to nationalization, we're talking about mining stocks here, wealth confiscation and general protectionism hindering profitability. Each country will protect its resources in its own way. The U.S. companies will not become fully nationalized, but you will see South America uh, governments uh, encourage their people to go on strike. You'll see them renegotiate with American miners for higher prices paid to them. Everyone in the world is renegotiating. Everybody who has silver in the ground wants to be paid more for it now. We either want our currency to go up we want you to give us more money for our silver. We would prefer that you give us more money in our own currency for silver, but we'll take whatever you want to give us. Just make sure it's more. And as the BRICS expand, you're going to see that. Another way that, well, what ends up happening is, 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 is the cost of mining goes up to miners. If you're an American miner, you have to pay out more. If you're a Canadian miner, you have to pay out more. That's how it's going to end. And those miners pay out more, and those costs are passed downstream. They're not going to, people are not going to stop buying copper and silver because uh, the price went up. That's inflation. That's inflation affecting metals themselves. So, what I'm really saying is net net, when you look at the whole BRICS behavior and how all the countries that are in BRICS that have metals, are, are changing how they negotiate. It's like a union going on strike. We want to pay more of the profits. We want to be paid more of the profits. We want to be paid, you know, we want to be paid better, right? And what ends up happening is that cost gets passed downstream. So when you go to buy your cereal, your cereal goes up in price because the unions get more money. But these aren't unions. These are whole countries that demand to be paid more what they're worth. So you're rooting for these countries now because if they get paid what they're worth, then silver goes to its right price. You're aligned with them economically because the dollar's global power uh, is a repressive force on raw commodities. And it's a repressive force on countries that have raw commodities. And they're rebelling now. 
Uh, if you're an owner of miners, that's going to affect uh, your choices. It's not just like, oh, I'll just buy all the miners. You've got to like the management, right? So in the end, to the extent the world remains commerce-oriented, those minds will still function. This is not communism rising, right? It is protectionism, these BRICS countries, right? So this is a global renegotiation for Western countries to get access to precious BRICS resources. The miners' access cost will be higher. Think of it this way. The BRICS are the raw materials and labor of the global economy. The G7 are the technological and financial capital of that economy. Together, the two sides make the supply chain. If BRICS are labor, then labor has just gone on strike for more pay. They want to be paid more. And that means the price of silver has to go up. I have this picture in here because if you look at what mines shut down during COVID, those are the mines on strike. And that's how it works. COVID was a, was a, a warm-up. Uh, so find the miners. This is about mining people as well. Find the miners with the best management and best plan to deal with this new geopolitical risk. Now, some people that I've spoken to have said, well, I'm just not going to buy a miner that has exposure to a Latin American country that may uh, nationalize. That's smart. Uh, I mean, if you, if you, if you, if you want to do that, that makes sense, right? Just know that when you do that, you're also going to have risk domestically. So let's say you buy an American miner or a Canadian miner and you're just, they just mine in the country. Nobody does, but let's just say that they did, right? Well, you're going to have ESG, right? And ESG is going to, it's not, not necessarily going to stop mining. It's going to raise the cost of mining because there's a dollar cost benefit to it. We want to pollute the earth. We got to pay a little bit more because the, the, uh, the political lobbyists will get their their pound of flesh and we'll move on, but the cost will go up. So the miners with the best political connections, the miners that understand how to negotiate uh, will be the ones that do the best. And because they'll be negotiating with governments and governments can be very short-sighted and that makes you uh, win in the long run, but also very intractable. And it's very hard to get things done that way. You will find as we have, these costs will be absorbed mostly and passed down. We're talking about the cost again there. All right. This is me talking about the ESG again. Operating leverage. Now, the first thing that matters uh, in uh, in mining in this environment is um, management, right? It's always management, but it's even more management. Management has to be able to negotiate, not just be a good geologist. The second thing is operating leverage. As the world fights inflation, financial leverage shrinks because there's less money available. Operating leverage becomes more important. Can you scale your operation? Can you add another dump truck? Can you add another drill team without uh, appreciably driving up the cost? Can you scale your operation to bring out incremental silver uh, uh, to make money? And those are the ones that will do well. Operating leverage is king in a high inflation interest rate uh, interest high inflation interest rate flight fighting environment you we need to understand some operating leverage now why did i just go through all that because it, this is what happened i saw this this is the story that should make you think about this stuff okay emboldened by the east success without us pushback latin america will now be more proactive protect their resources, ring fence access to them, unlock actual value by getting out from under the U.S. dollar, nationalization, monetization, and renegotiation of resources with U.S. buyers. In this particular instance, the one below, 
Panama is permitting economic and environmental protesters to prevent copper extraction from their mines. The protesters are being empowered. So prognosis, it will either end in no copper mines or significant cost increases to the miner. It's going to be higher cost increases. Silver, and, uh, I can't spell there. Silver, gold, and other mining contracts will have similar cost increases for multiple reasons, including union negotiations. We already saw it with silver in Mexico, right? We already saw it with gold in Ghana, which is affecting silver as well. We're going to see it in copper. Whatever you mine is going to be up for renegotiation. This is going to drive up cost and price, which means all the silver above ground that's not spoken for is being snatched. Your mom, your grandmom's candelabras, you know, your 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 great grandmom's silverware. All that stuff is being pulled in, and that stuff is being remelted. And 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 when that when that slack is taken care of, and that easy silver is gotten rid of, then you see a bump up in price because there's less available. Here's the story, Reuters. What, Look at the headline. Why might Panama cancel a copper mine contract? I don't know. Why might they? Well, that's because they want to be paid more. But that the point is Panama is canceling a copper contract. Panama, Panama's abrupt move this week to potentially annul the contract for one of the world's largest and newest copper mines. No new development without paying us more through a referendum and proposed law alarmed global investors and wiped out about 40% of first quantum minerals market value. See, now let's pretend that you had that stock that had that company. This is a reason to, you know, if you want to be, there's what the, the, the easiest way to, to grasp this is shit. I don't want to own miners that have exposure in Latin America. And I would probably do that because I don't really know which miners have good negotiating skills and which don't. On the other hand, I may look at miners in Latin America and I like, I like, let's say I, I like first quantum. I love first quantum, let's say, right? But I'm scared of Latin American um, uh, governmental risk, nationalization risk, or, you know, whatever, whatever, those type of risks. What I'll do is I'll just have it on my list. And when bad news comes out like this, that's, I'm not telling you what to do. That's probably a buy though, right? Because this is a negotiation. Nope, you can't have our copper. Well, if you pay us some more, you can have it. Same thing with silver. So this is going to this is going to affect all of your Canadian miners with exposure to BRICS countries, with the biggest um, hit coming from companies that have exposure in Latin America. And I'm saying to you, if you like the company but hate the country, right? You want to wait for an event like this and consider how long will it take to be resolved, and know that when it's resolved, unless we're talking about Venezuela here, these countries are going to be capitalistic. Right, they need to make money. What are they going to do keeping their silver? Most of these countries don't have the technology to develop. They don't have the manufacturing that, say, China does or that the U.S. does when we get our asses in gear. So they need to export. They need to pull stuff out of the ground and sell it, or they have to develop their own uh, industry. And they're not going to develop their own industry overnight, which means eventually First Quantum will probably get access to the copper at a higher price. You know what that means? That means higher prices of copper here. That's what that means. All right. So I wanted to share all that with you. What is this dispute about? It's about economics. You're 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 robbing us. That's one hand. You got the economics people. On the other hand, you have the uh, 
environmental people. You're destroying the earth, whatever. You know, all these people, all these protesters, which, you know, these are legitimate concerns, but all these protesters are pushed to the front by these Latin American countries. I know this because I was down there and I spent, you know, a couple months in in, in uh, Argentina and I got educated on how they do it. They pay protesters uh, down there to do their work for them. And we probably do it as well. We're just not as, uh, uh, we're just not as transparent or maybe we're just, we think we're so much better than everyone else. What do the protesters demand? What happens next? This is the whole story. This one is unlocked. You can see this. You can see this anytime you want. All right, so that's it. Let's talk about the markets themselves. Silver on the left, gold on the right. Look at gold, look at silver. Gold's done really well. All this this whole V-shaped bottom in silver and gold, that's 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 a those are markets reacting to um uh the Is- Israel war. And even though oil's not up, right? Because this is not an oil-based instability. This is very extremely, I'll tell you guys, this is extremely encouraging for precious metals. What I mean is historically during a war in the Middle East that did affect oil, oil would go up and gold would go up, right? And silver would trail gold, right? Historically in a war in the Middle East where oil wasn't affected, like in Israel, which is what's happening now, oil would go up, gold would go up, oil would go down and gold would go down more. We haven't gone down, right? And silver is also sticky. Volatile, not as performing as much, but sticky. This is what's going to happen. Go back to the heart and thing now. If we have a recession, or if we have, and we're we're almost definitely getting one now, and it's not necessarily just because of us. The rest of the world has having problems, uh, and we're causing the problems. But that's how it works, right? So if we have a recession. You're going to see, or or or, if we have recession, Americans feel the Fed will lower interest rates. Now, I don't know that they're going to lower interest rates, but the closer we get to that eventuality, uh, the more they rally. Now, what do you have? You've got you've got the wildebeest CTAs out there that keep shorting silver and buying gold. They're doing it. They keep short every time gold rallies. They're buying gold and they're selling silver because the economy stinks. I want to buy. Well, that's it. Silver is not an economic metal as much as they think it is. Silver is a precious metal, and eventually, if the econ- if the economy gets bad enough, the Fed's going to ease, and so all of a sudden they get worried that it's an economic metal. Silver is going to go up uh, because of the economy. Silver should just go up, and that's what's going to happen. All right. So gold's down nine bucks. Silver's down fourteen cents. You know, like second or third highest all time close for gold. And, 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 you know, silver is suffering. I'm telling you, silver is suffering because of the economic fears, just like last year. I'm going to show you something. These cycles repeat, right? They repeat. Watch. When did the Fed start easing? I mean, start tightening. They started tightening in April of 22, right? And this is silver. The economy is going to do bad. The economy is going, and there's like little short squeezes we had as we went into buy season. And there was like, oh, wait a minute. The economy is doing fine. The economy is doing fine. And this, this, I don't know what this is, but this is, you know, it is what it is. I think this is the, uh, uh, the stock market took a dive and silver took a dive with it. See how that works, right? And then it came back. And now we're looking at this. See this here from, let's say, from here, from August to here, that is this. 
Same thing, although it's not as bad. But I want you to look at that. This is the recessionary fears keeping silver down. But look at how much they kept silver down last year, right? We're making a higher high at the most bearish time, higher low, I should say, at the most bearish time of year. And we're entering into the most bullish time of year. I don't want to be a cheerleader. I just want to say to you, you don't want to be long gold. You want to be long silver in the next leg higher. That's it. I'm Vince. It's 1038. So we'll call it 138 uh, your time, give or take. And uh, thank you uh, for letting me in and uh, listening to what I have to say. And uh, we still have a 30% discount for uh, Arcadia people. So have a great day and uh, keep the faith. It's going to happen. Well, thank you to Vince, as always, for this week's Silver Report. Hope you found that one helpful at home as he goes through some of the latest developments affecting the silver market and the things to watch out for going forward, especially as we near a time where it does increasingly seem like the economic data is slowing down and heading towards recession. So hopefully this gave you an idea of some of the things to look out for and especially as we head towards the end of 2023, exiting sell season in the metals, heading towards the buy season, and still seeing gold right around that $2,000 level, a little bit lower today. But silver also not that far off from being flat again on the year, and we'll see how things shake out for these last couple of months. And before we wrap up, did want to mention that for anyone who is in the market for silver, that Miles Franklin is currently running a special on 2023 Silver Kangaroos. Those are coins from Australia that are four nines fine, and they are currently at $3.10 over spot. So if you're looking to add to your stack and wanted to get something that is at a discounted rate, it is the 2023 Silver Kangaroos, and you can get more information about that by emailing Arcadia at Miles Franklin, where I'm happy to discuss any of the things that are happening out there, the things we cover on the show, or just questions in general about silver. So Again, you can reach me at Arcadia at Miles Franklin. And with that said, going to wrap up for today. Hope you're having a great day out there. Thanks for spending part of it with us here at the show. And we will look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.